Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. After concluding a prolific professional cycling career that produced a medal at the 2012 London Olympic Games, eight U.S. national championships, two Pan American gold medals, and a world record, Dotsie Bausch has become a powerful influencer for plant-based eating for athletes and non-athletes alike. Named by Veg News Magazine in 2019 as one of the top 20 most influential vegans in the world, she utilizes her degree in plant-based nutrition as an advocate on behalf of humans, planet Earth, and the animals. Dotsie speaks passionately around the world, spreading her message about the numerous benefits, humane, nutritional, and environmental, of plant-based eating. Listen in on how this passionate athlete chooses to live. Dotsie Bausch, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for spending time with me here. Yes, what's happening? It's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so much to talk about, and we're going to have to keep it in our little time frame, but I want to talk to you forever. I want to open with, uh, you have one of the most extraordinarily inspiring stories I've heard, and you share it all over. There's some wonderful media that you shared it on. You candidly open your TEDx talk by sharing that prior to your cycling career, you're a fashion model hiding a cocaine dependency and a life-threatening eating disorder. And after two suicide attempts, you reached this fork in the road and you knew that if you didn't do anything, you'd either die or choose to live. And you chose to live. Can you explain how this all unfolded for you? Oh gosh, well, so many folks out there are suffering, right? In, 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 in all sorts of ways and all walks of life and all sorts of scenarios. So I think that my story, uh, won't sound that unique, right? Sadly, it's, um, specifically I chose starving myself and, and, and drugs as my kind of vehicle to act out on my pain, but we all, uh, we all choose something different, you know, whether it's alcoholism or drug abuse or, 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 or sex abuse or addiction, or, you know, it's just a, a generally speaking, a way, a poison really, a, 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 that you act out on your inner pain. And, and it's kind of like pick your poison. And for whatever reason, um, I found myself in my early twenties, um, just really struggling, um, with mental illness. And I felt so alone. I was dealing with so much self-hatred and self-loathing. I was dealing with a lot of fear. Um, and you know, to make, you know, obviously a long story, a little bit shorter, I, I came to an eventual fork in the road, which was staying here uh, on planet earth and trying to see how this might play out or, or not. And I attempted to, 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 for the not part, uh, and ran out the 76 freeway in the middle of the night in Philadelphia. Not, I, I don't know why I survived that. Maybe it's because I chose the middle of the night and there wasn't as much traffic. But after that attempt and, and that, that reckoning that night and that next morning, I decided that I would attempt to try to maybe get a little better. And, and quite honestly, the, the, the impetus for that was, was my family. I saw how much they were suffering with me being so sick, uh, and so disjointed and so far away from them, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. And I tell people all the time that, you know, if you, 
if you think that you can try, it is okay if your your impetus is not you. It can be something else. You eventually have to sign on, right, to the to the, to the contract that you're going to that you're going to get better. You have to believe it. You have to take control. You have to take the wheel. But in the beginning, if there's another, if there's another reason, uh, a person maybe um, that you are wanting to try for, that is okay. Let that be um, that inspiration, and and that's that that was that was my family. And I thought, you know, I'm going to try. I'm probably still going to lose my life to this, but um, at least my family will know I tried, and and I, I wanted to give them that as if it would matter to them if I died, but I had tried before, right? Like what, it's just, I would be yeah. gone so that they're not going to, it's not going to matter to them too much, but it, it mattered to me and that was enough. And that sent me down a, um, about a two and a half year healing journey. Well, and from that journey, you seem to have quite a profound understanding and self-awareness of these deep experiences. And I mean, you mentor people going through this process. And like you said, there are there are a lot of people in the audience that struggle with very similar iterations, different iterations of these. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those listening who feel that they need to pull themselves out of something similar or they just need to to, to move towards a healthier life to save themselves, really? Yeah. Sometimes there's no brightness in that pain, but sometimes there is a small, very dim, slight light that you can see, whether it's the back of the drawer or in the sky or in your heart, there, there is a very small light. And if, if you can find that light at any given moment in any given day, cause it's certainly not always there. Um, grab onto it and just take a step, not 10 steps, not 50 steps, just a step, just a step towards serving yourself so that you can learn to love yourself. And that could be so many different things. It could go down so many different avenues. It could be hugging your friend. It could be giving yourself a Epsom salt bath. It could be looking online for someone to talk to. It could be asking a dear friend uh, for someone to talk to. And and you can always tell your close people um, or semi-close people if you don't have any really close people. I don't want to talk about any details. I just want to know if you could help me find such and such, right? Uh, uh, so whatever it might be, a, a doctor that helps that deals with addiction or depression or um, suicidal thoughts. It's amazing how many people will step up to the plate when you ask specifically what you need. Uh, So many people don't reach out because they they don't want to tell their whole story. I mean, that was me for a lot of years. I I don't want to unload this on my my friends, my family. I don't want to, I mean, if they only knew what I was thinking, they would hate me. So you, you don't have to unload everything. It's just one, see one light and take one step and say, Okay, I just need. Can you go find this for me? This sure you you you. They won't ask another question, and and they will act. It's it's the human it's the human spirit. <laughs> they, they they will they will read your mind and and go do what you need. So it's it 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 will build on itself, but it doesn't build anything if you if you if you can't if it, 
if it doesn't feel like you can just take that that one step. But here's what we do as humans. We think that one step needs to be 20 steps the next day and 40 steps the day after that. And, and, and that'll just put you right back where you are. So just take that that one step. And, and, and the most important part is, is and it, this is the hardest part because you're in self-loathing probably if you are feeling the, the list of things I just mentioned is just to be as as patient with yourself as you can because it's it could get worse the next day and or worse 10 days later or better three days later I mean it's it's going to be a journey filled with thousands of ups and downs just know that but what do we we want to see the graph if you will up up down, up, 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 down, you know, and then it eventually you see you're, you're, you're climbing the mountain, right? You're, you're, you're getting the help you need. You're getting a little better. You're starting to see more lights and hopefully kind of get out from under this terrible weight that whoever's listening is, is feeling right now. Right. Like just trending towards the goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, you don't even have to unload on someone or feel like you're unloading on someone. If you don't feel like you have someone, you can, you know, work with a, a professional. There's so many great professionals out there. And I heard yeah. you speak about this process. You happen to find someone fabulous to work with. And you talk about how this therapist guided you on your process to help you heal and stopping the pain and breaking the cycle. And I love what you talk about. It totally resonates with the work that I do with my clients in terms of, you know, um, food and eating behaviors, and, like the blue dots. So can you talk a little bit about that? Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I talked to my therapist um, as a friend. I'm trying to get her to come on my podcast. And oddly, she's been the most difficult de- guest to get to come on of all the guests that we've had. <laughs> so I'm like basically in begging mode because I've talked so much about this, this, this blue dots and, and the other um, vehicle that she used was this, was this snake towel. Uh, and, and so I, I'm talking about the blue bot, blue dots and, and um, she, you know, she's telling me, I don't really have a, you know, a specific methodology. So I don't think it'd be interesting to guess. Cause you know, I, I, I just, I don't, you know, don't have this real specific layout. I just do different things with different folks to what it's going to work on them. And I said, okay, well, I still think it's really good stuff. I mean, you know, the blue dots and I start talking about the blue dots and she's like, what are you talking about? She doesn't remember. Was, no recollection whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it was like 20 years ago, but um, she's like, oh yeah. And then five, talking to, you know, I went into detail. I'll, I'll give a little detail in a second. And she said, oh yeah. Yeah. That worked really well for you. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> like I'm the only person changing for you. Isn't that amazing? It was absolutely like the game changer. I mean, it is like, well, so well, you should probably bring it out, bring it back out of your box because it probably can work for somebody else. Yeah. So, um, you know, she knew that I was really, uh, really struggling with it. By the time I went to see her, my anorexia had morphed into another eating disorder. I mean, basically if you have an eating disorder, you have three options, um, get better, choose a new eating disorder or lose your life. I mean, there's really only, those are the only three roads that to, to, to take. And, um, so I catapulted into hardcore bulimia. So when I started seeing her, that's what I was in the midst of practicing was, was just the gnarliest monster binges you could ever imagine. And, and then puking my guts out. And so she knew I was having a, a really hard time, uh, as anyone is who's suffering and, you know, uh, using a poison to deal with their pain, connecting with myself. Like I was my, my brain, like my heart brain, 
and my brain brain and my gut brain, they were all living totally separate lives and not, not communicating and not connecting. And I couldn't feel anything like nothing. I could, I just couldn't feel, I was to the point where I just could not feel anything. I couldn't feel touch on my skin. I couldn't feel love. I couldn't feel hope. I, I just couldn't feel anything. So she, she, she started having me do this blue dot thing, which was, um, okay. Uh, she said, I want you to go to the CVS or whatever, the drugstore and, and get stickers that are like those little, little blue dots there. You know, they come in all different colors. Um, and I want you to place them around your apartment in places that are triggers. Um, because she knew, of course, it's not going to work to just be like, oh, stop binging and purging, right? So we're, 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 she's trying to figure out a way to uh, almost give me permission to stay where I am right there, but start to see more light. So she said, put these blue dots around your triggers. As you can imagine, for a bulimic, it's the toilet and the refrigerator, even the, 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 the bathroom door knob, you know, different places. So I put the blue dots around and she said, every time you see one, all you have to do is stop for five seconds, feel what you're feeling in your actual body. So is there, is there hot or cold? Is there a shape? Is there a temperature? Is there a color? Um, where is it? You know, is it in your foot? Is it in your chest? Is it in your neck? Uh, I mean, I had no skills for this when I started. I mean, if I did it, the first saw the blue dot five seconds, I thought, I don't feel anything. Okay, this is not working next. But what she gave me permission to do was then after I saw the blue dot and tried to experience a feeling, you know, connecting with myself, she said, you can do anything you want. You can still binge and purge. So this isn't, is this isn't stopping you from doing it. And that was like no other therapist I had ever worked with, right? It was like from day one, we're going to quit this crazy shit you're doing here. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to fix this, you know, it's like, uh, no, no. So I thought when she left that first day, I thought we're going to get along great. I can still practice my eating disorder and, you know, maybe get better. I'm like, this, this, this is going to work. Cause I, at that point, of course, I think there's really no way out of this, you know, that, that it, it, it eventually is going to take my life. And I can't, can't, I couldn't stop binging and Obviously I tried myself. So anyway, over time, as you can imagine over a long period of time, I mean, it took many weeks, I started to be able to feel something and I started to be able to feel uh, it was in my chest. It was round. It was very hot. It was orangish red almost all the time. And I could start, I, I was able to identify that, that shape and that temperature and that color and that feel and where in my body it was. And over time, I was able to sit for longer and longer in a, in a very present meditative state, feeling my feelings. And over time, you know, one day I just got up and I thought, okay, well, I don't need to binge, right? I, Okay, like I, it, the the desire went away. It took many weeks, but it started happening uh, to where those blue dots were a chance for me to connect, and then um, a road to not binging and purging. And I would just choose something else. She had this like whole list of things I could choose, like go for a walk, go to the beach, go get a pedicure, call your best friend, call your mom. Like it was like this whole list I could choose from of healthy things. So I would pick something off the list and go do that. And anyway. It's great. After after a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. That's, I have my clients write emotional to-do lists, like things to do when they're stressed, things to do when they're, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all those things just to fill that space, like replacing that in the space. So I think that's a really great tool. I love the way you describe it. Uh, but then you took all of these strengths, right? You aggregated all of these strengths and you seemed to transform all of these insights and all of the strength that you've aggregated into the significant energy that's required to become an Olympic athlete. How did that process evolve for you? Well, we're talking about this therapist. So I I hope she remembers this part. I haven't asked her, but um, very, (laughs) very into my healing journey with her. We were, you know, you know, you come to, you come to a road, a fork in the road or end of the road almost where you go, okay, um, I can now see you once a year. You know, it felt, it was, I was just doing really, really well and, and um, so much better. And so she said to me in one of our very last sessions, she said, you know, I know Dotsie that one of your goals when you came to me was to, to be able to move your body really healthfully again, which I hadn't been able to do for so many years. Cause I, I had, um, the part of anorexia and, and bulimia that is over exercise disorder. And I would spend seven, eight hours in the gym and, she, but I had always been a really physical person and, you know, I, I wanted to be able to just move healthfully, literally just that. And so she said, I know that was one of your goals. So I feel like you're, you're ready for that. You know, it's, you, you can, you need to choose something, just choose something that's, you know, not the gym, right. Not in things that are not in the gym. And so, uh, I was living out in Los Angeles by that time and it was, um, you know, sunny all the time. And so I thought, well, what if I get a bike? What do you think of that? And she was like, I love it that is what you should do. Go get a bike. I, that just sounds perfect. And I said, yeah, I could ride up and down PCH. I'll just feel so free. And this is just going to be great. And so that's what I did. And then it was like 13 and a half years later, the Olympic podium. So, I mean, you know, this is a little bit in between there about how it all unfolded, but that was, it was started as freedom of movement and a divorce from my sickness and it turned into something I fell in love with really quickly, really quickly. I mean, within a matter of weeks, I was like, how do I do this all the time? And there was some hidden talent, of course. I'm, I'm certain I'm not, I'm by no means the most talented cyclist that's been at the Olympics by a long shot, but there's, there's some talent in there. Um, and those bits together and just a whole lot of hope and joy um, and focus and hard work. And yeah, we kept going. I want to hear all about that. So you're going to have to come back. Cause I really, we have to talk about, <laughs> there's so that's like skipping over like an entire amazing career that you need to, to, I know you've had, you've spoken about this out there, but I would love to dig into this again in the future, but we have to talk about how you're utilizing your extraordinary drive and passion now. And you're honing in on being an influencer, you found plant-based diet while you were an athlete. I would love to know about that too, real quickly. Like, did you notice a significant change in your performance and recovery when you went to a plant-based diet? I did, and I wasn't expecting it because I I came in through this this the, the ethical lens, uh, and so I, I I I wasn't expecting anything. Quite frankly, I I just would sit at night and pray that I would stay the same. Like I would just, just I just didn't want wow. to go backwards because I was getting pretty close to making the team and you know whatever it was a couple of years out so uh, I just thought just don't just just don't wilt you know into into like the nothing the the little scrawny vegan so uh, it, it was 
really surprising, but it, yeah, it was just, it was so much. It was, I mean, I, I noticed just, I noticed better energy at first. Like when I woke up in the morning, it was like, normally I would wake up with a, you know, a, a training hangover, which feels pretty much like an alcohol hangover. And you're just kind of groggy and sticky and, um, swollen and just, you just don't feel good in, in the morning. Cause this track cyclist, we train three times a day. So it's, you know, you're just always training, eating, sleeping, training, eating, sleeping. So, um, that's what I noticed first was like just more energy. And I think that part of that was better digestion was happening, right? Like it was just like food was just moving through. It was utilizing all the wonderful phytonutrients and, and, uh, you know, micronutrients. And just like my body was just really thriving off of getting what I don't think I had a very full diet before that, like a, you know, of a rainbow diet, I, I'll say. Um, so better digestion and, you know, obviously less inflammation as well was, as I look back, I'm, you know, I, I've of course since then learned like what was actually happening, but what I felt was more energy, um, less, uh, just less stress on my, my body felt less stressed, which made it so I could train harder at each session, each of the three, three sessions, I could go harder, I could go deeper. Um, and then recovery was definitely certainly better, which was great. Cause I was no spring chicken by that point trying to get the Olympic team. Um, right. Weren't you just, the, were you the oldest in your division or what was that? You were, what was, tell me about um, that. I think the oldest in track cycling history at the Olympics just to start. Oh my goodness. Go. That's incredible. I, I, I can't think of anyone else that's was, yeah. That's incredible. People have looked it up and we have never found anyone. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to just give you like just a moment here, like as an athlete, okay, it's, there's no better form of activism, right? If you said you went into this for the ethical reasons, okay. Mm -hmm. And you were hoping to not get weaker, but of course, you know, we're seeing more and more information. We don't have a lot of data of yet, but we're seeing yeah. all this anecdote of athletes who, because you could recover better means you could train harder and you're, you know, you've got all this anti-inflammatory compounds, all this stuff flowing through your blood. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so extraordinary, but like people look up to, you know, I, I work with clients that are sick and we get better with plants and we, there's no better diet than a plant-based diet in terms of all of that. But an athlete shows what there is. It's like the quintessential example of human potential. And so when people see you saying, oh, I get plenty of protein from plants and look what I could do, people are listening and they want to know how to be like you and how to do that. And it's more like they, they believe you, you know, it's like you are being the lighthouse. Yeah. I think you just, people just look at athletes as like, as you kind of, you know, they know that they take their bodies to the nth degree. So it's like if your body can not only function, but perform at the highest level in the world on this, then mine can too for my three times a week workouts or something, you know, that, that I mean, it, it, it does, it does make some sense for, for sure. Um, so I, I think it's, yeah, it, it, it is a whole lot more food than the, the general public would be taking in on any given day. So with that volume of food, you're taking in an extraordinary amount of phytonutrients <laughs> and phytochemicals, you know, but you are, you are breaking your body down right. um, and inflaming your body like nobody else either. So it needs it to, to be able to rebuild and, and repair. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yes, you are this walking lighthouse, this great form of activism for what you're so passionate about. And you and your co-host, Alexander Paul, are now 
honing in and narrowing on the worst industry out there, the dairy industry. Can you talk a little bit about your Switch for Good campaign or revolution, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's a nonprofit um, that we started three years ago, uh, and I mean, quite frankly, you know, Alexandra's my co-host of the Switch for Good podcast. Um, and is incredibly supportive of Switch for Good, but we, we didn't actually start it as an organization. <laughs> we started it, um, it, it really got started out of anger and frustration, which I guess all good activism is started out of anger and frustration <laughs> when I kind of look at the different ones and the different spaces, right? But um, I was, you know, an athlete, obviously, uh, and was training inside the Olympic training centers for, for many, many years in Colorado Springs and Chula Vista and dairy was everywhere and pushed on us quite frequently, uh, you know, as this premium fuel that is going to bring home gold medals, the dairy industry is a sponsor of the United States Olympic committee. So that's, you know, their follow the dollar every time. And so I I had just a general frustration about that, especially after going plant-based, you know, it was like, well, hold on a minute. You know, I uncovered, just a lot of the lies and just really just, okay, we don't believe in industry that's going to actually profit off of what they're selling me to say it's healthy. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. So it, in 2018, I was watching the Pyeongchang Olympic Games trials and a dairy industry uh, or dairy commercial came on, which they often do. They have actually stopped targeting athletes so much. Um, they've I think their last stronghold is fear-mongering parents. That's what we're seeing in the last couple of years. But anyway, this commercial came on, which I'd seen many, many, many times before. But it just struck me in that moment as like, why are we not, why are we letting this just continue to unfold these lies and these untruths and no one's saying anything, especially elite athletes. Like, why aren't we standing up and saying, Hey, this is BS. We don't need this to win medals. This is not real. This is just like, you know, it's a facade that the dairy industry brought to you by the dairy industry. And so, um, it, it just, I sparked into action and, 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 uh, my husband actually is the one that said, I think you should probably be the one to say something or do something. So um, I got together seven Olympic athletes from four different countries and a production team and some wonderful investors. And we ended up putting on a, a PSA on the closing ceremonies of that Olympic Games. That's a 30 second PSA that's on YouTube now, but it was, you know, hey, you, you're, this is a lie. Like we don't need this to win medals and, you know, the cow's milk is you know, BS basically in 30 seconds, it's, it's short, right? So that was the beginning. And, and it was it Switch for Good came about because we needed an end card for the for the PSA. You know, you have to tell somebody, tell them what to do after you've said, don't do this. <laughs> so right. We said, make the switch for good. And then, and then that, you know, uh, that name was born. And then we sat around and said, you know, there's a lot we can do. There's really nothing um, that's that's focusing on dairy, that's built by athletes, that's focused on, you know, health and performance and food justice and all the things we care about in the space. So then we we were born into an organization. Yes. And you're doing so many amazing things. And I'm so grateful that you guys are out there doing that. Thank you for all of that. And I would just love to ask you, you know, the concept of this podcast here is choosing you now, which you've clearly done so many times in your life. How do you choose yourself now in this time of your life, Dotsie? You know, it's, I'm, I'm in the midst of writing a book, which is, I don't, I don't know if I would have done it if I knew it was gonna be this terrifying. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I have quit multiple times in the process. So in, in literally today in April, 2022, it's, I'm, I'm finding myself, uh, having to, uh, very, um, 
distinctively and purposefully choose me to take time to to do this this writing and and do this book and stay present that this story like everyone's stories matters because most days I don't think it matters. And I think we all feel that sometimes, you know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. Your story is your story. And it just seems like it doesn't really matter. So choosing to still, um, want to be a light and, 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 and be aware that there are aspects of it that might matter to, to someone else and, um, and stay, stay confident to, to write it. Cause honestly, that's what wanes most days is, is my confidence, which is weird. Cause I haven't really struggled with that, um, for a long time. And that's, what's coming back up is just not having the confidence, just going, no one wants to hear this. Like, it's just boring. So, so I'm having to be very, um, very systematic and, and very purposeful about choosing me and saying yes to that journey of writing a book. Yes, there's nothing more vulnerable than telling your story and you do it so eloquently. So I'm really looking forward to the book and I'm glad that you're pursuing that. And I think it's important. Mm -hmm. I think you have a very important message to share. So thank thank you. you. Thank you so much, Dotsie, for sharing. You are such a light in this world and I'm so grateful that you shared your time with us today. Oh, thank you. It was a great chat and I look forward to next time we can dive deeper. (laughs) Sounds good. For those of you out there that are struggling, I hope this offered some light. And it's really extraordinary that you can only be a lighthouse. You can only take care of you and you can only choose you now. So if you're ever at that fork in the road, remember what matters most to you and choose you now. And if you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash choose you now. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content like actual training and diet that Dotsie went through when she was in training for the Olympics. Please also subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.